the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Clarity Christian College, formerly known as Florida Bible College. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. Give them to God. And you know what? A lot of times that's all they needed was that love touch of sensitivity there. All right, so Jesus was extending his sensitivity to needy people. Let's look at the second thing he did. Jesus' sensitivity went beyond emotions. Some people can get really worked up about people that have problems. They're so sensitive and their, their, their conversation goes something like this. Very simple, very short. They'll say, somebody needs to do something about, and they'll list all the stuff. The poverty, the homeless, uh, the leaves on the lanai to teaching in Sunday school. Someone needs to do something. Why don't we have someone do da-da-da? You know, they have all the emotion and the passion. And they are sensitive, but you've got to do more than just that. It's a good start, because if you don't even feel that, you're living in a vacuum. You know, again, it's all about us. But we've got to take that emotion, channel it now to creative juices of how we can meet that need. And here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I feel your pain. And then he left. No, it says, Jesus said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Now, we might not be able to say, rise up from your problem, take up your bed. You've got plenty of money in your checking account now. Go on and make your house payment. We can't do that. But there's something that we can do. And I, I pray that it would be something that we do. So we have to be careful of our emotions and go beyond emotions. I heard this humorous story. I thought I'd share it with you. I hope I can say it. I'm not a joke teller. But there was this dad that was having, his, his wife was having their very first child. And he was in you know, the maternity room there and the wife is having the baby and she's screaming and hollering and he's walking back and forth for, for an hour and then for two hours he's wringing his hands and he's, oh, I can't stand this. My wife's screaming and all this stuff. And finally the wife quits screaming and you hear the baby wakes up, whatever they do. I don't know, I'm not an obstetrician or whatever. Maybe they don't do that anymore. But the, little, the nurse brings out this little bundle of joy and looks at this husband and says, oh, sir, You've got a brand new daughter. And he said, I am so glad it's a girl. So when he grows up, you don't have to go through what I went through when they have a baby. Now, I know now some of you ladies can really relate because men don't feel that same kind of pain. And uh, that's what goes back here. Sometimes emotions is all about us, but not about others. And we need to do something about it. Let's go to number three. Jesus' sensitivity, though, was to cost him something. This is often overlooked in messages on sensitivity. You'll hear and sometimes get flogged by preachers and teachers about being sensitive. And you and I will go out there and be sensitive, but we forget that it will cost us something. And now let's look at the life of Christ. Same story. He just did all this wonderful stuff based on his sensitivity to their needs, demonstrating to us to be sensitive. But he also allowed this to happen and put in Scripture so we could see how to respond. Look at it. His reputation was attacked. Now how was that? It says, and immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. Did exactly what the Lord told him to do. And that day was the Sabbath. Uh Uh-oh. 
The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It's the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Forget about being healed. Carry your bed. The man departed, told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. For this reason, the Jews persecuted him. So in this case, the sensitivity that brought beyond emotions to an action also brought a consequence. Jesus was persecuted for what he has done. Now I want you to know that when you step out of your spatial little bubble of yourself and you become sensitive to the people around and you start doing things, you can receive some bit of persecution. Something will happen to you. Now what would be great if I had the time would be to pass the mic around and let you tell us what ways that you might get persecuted. It might be, how come you helped this person but you didn't help that person? How come you show favoritism? It could be in any way, shape, or form. Once you start reaching out to other people, remember, that's a biblical character. Listen, that's a biblical Christ-like character. That's what it means all those who live godly in Christ Jesus. The godly part of it is also sensitivity. You will suffer persecution, the Bible says. So talk about this on your way home or over lunch today, especially with the kids. If you do show sensitivity, how would you get persecuted? And let them just spit it all out to you. Have you seen others? This has happened to you. And then when you're all done, don't leave them with that. Then talk to the kids and say, okay, so you are. What should be your response to that? Now, I can tell you right now. Quit being so sensitive. No, that's not the answer. The answer is to, you're just like Jesus. The more you do, you know now you're living godly. You're in a good place right now. Let's look at the second thing. I hope this doesn't happen to us. and might only happen to a few, maybe some missionaries that are really out there laying their life out in a, in a country that has less moral government. It says, his life was in danger. Same passage says, for this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But it goes on to say, but Jesus answered and said, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Not just because he did it on the Sabbath. They were upset when they did it on that. But they're really mad when he said, I did this because my father did this, making himself equal with God. Now, if you will, for just a moment, I would like you to take your sanctified mind. You are now going to do things for other people. I don't care if they're unchurched, unsaved, non-Christians, or whether they're Christians or whomever. You start doing this kind of stuff as you get out there. I will promise you that perhaps before you even get persecuted, what you will receive is going to be the attaboys from society. Why is that? Because so many people aren't sensitive to the needs of others. So when you start doing that, the first thing that's going to come your way is a lot of people saying, my, 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 what a great person you are. And I'm going to tell you, that's, that's good. It's like smelling your roses before you die. But I also will tell you that it's very dangerous because Satan then can use that very bit of compliment that you earned, you didn't do it for that, but you got that, to build pride in your life. And all of a sudden, your whole Christian life begins to crack like a glass. It hasn't crumbled yet, but it begins to crack. The other thing that happens is everybody starts saying, my, what a great person you are for doing all of this kind of stuff. And you'll get all of that stuff on top of you. And then you think that that's what will keep you motivated. Because then Satan will come right around and he'll let you do that to somebody else. And what happens then? That person gets upset or other people get upset that you've done all of that kind of stuff. And bang, you're down in the dumps again. Now stay with me. I want to give you one more. The thing you have to be very careful of is that when you do receive whatever praise or appreciation or thank you notes or whatever you might get for being sensitive, that you become what I call a Teflon Christian. 
A Teflon Christian, those of you that do cooking, I know you put this a Teflon coating on your pan, you can throw anything in there and you just tip it over and it all falls out. How many know what I'm talking about, Teflon? Okay, thank you. All right. <clears throat> now, you got the Teflon. Teflon means that whatever you get it, it slides right off. You get the praise. A moment there, you say thank you because they were kind to give that to you. So you receive it. You say thank you for the flowers. And then you give them right back to the Lord and say, yeah, but the Lord did all this. Or I want to thank the Lord. He helped me. Or, you know, the Lord really prompted this in my heart to come to you to do this, blah, 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 blah. Now watch. That's when you get persecuted. That's when the person will either roll their eyes or they'll think about it. Now, if it's a Christian, they'll be kind of grateful. They'll be thankful. But then they'll start putting you down. Oh, you're just trying to be a spiritual new, 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 you know, instead of just loving the people the way they are. So I'm only saying, I don't know where it's going to come from, but I'm going to tell you that, that Satan will not allow you to sustain sensitivity for long. He's got to get us back to live in our prideful little selfish bubble instead of trying to help other people. Or allow us to come out of our bubble when we can now manipulate others so we can get the credit or do something. Or they, If I scratch their back, they'll scratch mine. If I do this, they'll come and help me over here. And it won't be for the Lord. And so I'm trying to help us see that everything falls underneath the sovereign God. I do it because of Him, and I do it for Him so He gets all the glory. Which now we're coming in for a landing here. Look at this. All right, so it says here, I do it even when my life is in danger. So you have to ask yourself, who needs to have some care and concern, and what will it cost you? Number three, what could I do to demonstrate sensitivity? All right, sense the true feelings and needs of those around me. Sense the true needs and feelings are the true feelings and needs of those around me. Now, what you don't have in your notes, I'm going to give you a list. You don't have to write these down. Just let your mind embrace now this beautiful rainstorm of ideas. All right, who can I come alongside? I can't heal people. I know that. But here's what you can do, those that are around you, the lonely. Who do you know that's lonely in your life? A homebound person? I wonder how many of our homebound people that would receive a visit got a visit from us. How about those people that are single in our church? When everybody else is doing family things and we talk so much about Ohana and they've got their own private little needs of being single that are very special to them. How about the widows or the new widowers? Here's one for you, especially our church. How about the new guests that come in and they're sitting on the lanai by themselves or sitting out here and they just, they, they want to be alone because they don't want to be embarrassed but yet at the same time they don't want to be alone because they think, do I stink? You know, what's my problem here, you know? There's a need. How about the overscheduled, like employers that are just overworked and we put more on them, or employees that are doubly overworked, or moms, dads, brothers, sisters? How about the physically afflicted, those that are in the wheelchair, walkers, hearing impaired, seeing impaired, those that are hospitalized, sick, or even the aged? Who do we know? Is it a family member, a mama, a tutu, a grandparent that we can reach? How about the spiritually young, the new believers? that really need our help right now and they're stripping all over themselves making mistakes but they want to grow but they don't have someone that's taking the time to disciple them how about the physically strong or physically young the ones that are so young they can't open the door we're going to open the door for them open a drink for them help them whatever they might need spiritually weak most of you know that Carol and I have a, a puppy that's about seven or eight months old you know puppies are really good at by the besides they, they have problems and all you, you're grazing them but sometimes this one is really learning to be obedient all I have to do is say, out, 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 and that, door, that dog just dives at the back door to go out. Out, 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 you know. Now the dog knows when it barks next to my side of the bed about 4 o'clock in the morning, it'll let, it'll let me go out. I, I don't know if I'm going out or the dog's going out. So I take the dog out. I'm trying to teach them when the dog does that, mama, 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 you know, mama, you know, but it doesn't work. 
I think I wrecked the dog because most of you all know I do get up at 4 o'clock, so I'm up, so the dog thinks, now he gets up, so I take him out, I'm having my devotions, he wants to play, and I want to, you know, praise God. Now, there's a story told of a boy and a dad who finally came together and said, son, you are now ready to have a dog, and I'm going to let you pick out your own puppy. So they went to the puppy store. And when they went out to the puppy store, they looked at this, you know how they have these big open cages and the dogs are so furry and cute. And they're all having a good time and the boy is looking at this and just having a good time. And the, uh, the manager of the puppy store said, which one would you like? And he was looking, I don't know. And as he's looking, he saw a puppy that was just like this puppy, but it was in another cage, open cage by itself over there. But he, what's, why isn't this puppy over here? Does it not get along? They, they fight? No, no, no. This puppy here has got such a bad leg, it came out deformed, and this puppy can't really do well with this puppy here, and we're not selling this puppy, because if we did it, we'd have to sell him for the same amount as we, we did this puppy right here, and that puppy is defected, and so we can't really, so we're going to put the dog down in about four days. So the little boy went over there, played with the puppy, and the puppy couldn't do much, but he played with the puppy, and said, Daddy, I want that puppy over there. And the man says, you don't want to take, sir, you don't want your son to have that puppy. He's defected. No, my son wants that puppy. He's going to get that puppy. So the man said, why do you want to take that little puppy when you had all these good, healthy puppies over here? And the boy pulled up his pant leg and showed him this big, solid brace over here. He says, I'm defected too. And my daddy loves me. And I love this puppy. And he took that puppy home. And so maybe as we look at the people that are around us, we can see them all having some form of a brace in our own life that we have, that they might have too, that they were lonely at one time, we were lonely at one time, they had a need, we, had to, we want to help them. And the last one is this. This is kind of a longer statement, but I think it'll help you. It's, this one kind of puts it all in a big capsule. If we're sensitive to people, how can I demonstrate it? By saying the right words. Say the right words. Think before we speak. Say the right words. Give the right gift. I know we say it's not the gift, it's the thought but you and I all have people in our life that know us so well, they know it's just the right gift to get. I had a staff member, a worship leader in one of our other churches, and every time you go into his office, literally, literally, he had hundreds, hundreds of giraffes, all different shapes and sizes. Have you ever known people? It's like he collected giraffes. Some people collect eagles. He had giraffes everywhere. I've been in this church staff for two or three years, and I looked at him and I said, you know, I, people are always giving you birthdays, pastor appreciation, all that. You get giraffes. Why are you so hung up on giraffes? He said, I hate giraffes. <laughs> he said, I don't like giraffes. He said, one time I said, isn't that little giraffe, isn't that cute? Somehow that got out. And I said, oh, what you should have said is, ah, I love $20 bills. You, know? <laughs> you should have said that. You know, well, my point is, again, you've got to say the right words. You've got to give the right gift. It goes on to say, and you've got to do the right deed. Not just know about the deed, but you have to do it. I found out that one of my pastors, busy all week, worked all day yesterday, flew home on Thursday night late. A pastor, not a deacon, but a pastor, is going to help one of our people in the church today install an air conditioner in one of our single mom's places today. I'm going to tell you, that's doing the right deed. That's being sensitive. That's knowing what it's like to live in a sweat box and caring for someone else. It goes on to say, and you do it at just the right time. You've got to find out what that time is, and it's not, it'll never happen on our schedule. You know, we who are pastors, people never die on my calendar. You know, it's never when I, it's the right time. It's always their time, and we have to self-adjust. 
And then finally, we have to do it for just the right reason. And that right reason is to glorify God. And that's what that says. And if you need to memorize this with your kids, then memorize it. Say the right words. Do the right deed. Give the right gift at just the right time for just the right reason to glorify God. And to be more sensitive means putting ourselves in their shoes. Well, here's our action steps. How do I begin? Oh, you're saying, okay, I'm ready. I take this message. I'm an adult. When I hear something like this and I know that it's good, I'm not stupid. I'm going to apply it to my life. What do I do first, Pastor? First of all, you need to do is receive Christ as your Savior. There's no one that's more sensitive to your needs than the Lord right now when He died on the cross, paid for your sins, and He allowed you to hear this message and that going to heaven is not by being sensitive to others. Listen, 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 listen. It's not by being sensitive to others. It's not how you get to heaven. It is by being sensitive to God. The wisdom of tenderness is to say, Lord, right now I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sensitive to the fact that I have broken your moral law by my thought, talk, and walk. I am a sinner by my very nature. I am a sinner, therefore I sin. And Lord, I need you to forgive me of my sin I can never, I've tried to be good. I've done all the right stuff. I've tried to be good in the society. I've tried to be good in the church. But Lord, I cannot, I never know if I've done enough. And then we have to be sensitive that he's telling us that going to heaven is not by good deeds. It's by believing that Jesus died and rose again. And by placing my faith alone in Christ, I'm so sensitive that now I'm responding. Watch this. I'm responding to his wooing in my life. He is wooing me to Christ. He's convicting of my sin. He's wooing me to himself. And he's saying, come to me. Come to me right now. Place your faith in me. You've got to be sensitive to that. And if you don't have that, you'll never have then salvation. You'll never be forgiven for all the times you weren't sensitive, nor be forgiven for all the times you will be insensitive in the future. You will lack that from God. And he says, let me forgive you and you can have a brand new start. And I'll come to live inside of you to help you on this journey of sensitivity. But you've got to have me as your Savior. So simply say, Lord, I'm calling upon you. You're my Savior. I'm believing. Look at number two. You need to identify someone you know who has a physical, spiritual, social, or emotional need. Parents, would you do me a favor? Would you put a star by number two? And I'm going to ask you to do two things, parents. First of all, I want you to do it so you can model it in front of your kids. Husbands, wives, talk today about who has a physical, spiritual, social, or emotional need. Who do you have in your life as adults? Then, guide your children on that journey to have them pick out someone who has a physical, spiritual, social, emotional need. Now, you can divide it up into those four camps if you want. Physical one, a spiritual one, a social one, emotional friend, however it is. But you begin to identify them. You write their name down somewhere. Number three. Instead of just jumping in and trying to solve their problem your way, you're going to partner with God in solving them. And you're going to say, okay, God, these are people you've allowed to come into our family, our life, our church, our job, our neighborhood. And so, God, how do you want us to do it? We are here. We are your hands, feet. We're going to sweat for you, God. Show us what you want us to do. Number four, then communicate to them your willingness to lighten their load. You go over there. How can I help? What would you like me to do? Jesus didn't immediately heal them. He said, what did you want me to do? And so what you're saying is, what do you want me to do? And you help them out. And then finally respond to the prompting of the Spirit to further a ministry in their life. Well, my friend, God spoke to us from His Word on sensitivity. He threw us this beautiful football. And we can either let it whiz by thinking it's for someone else, or we could snatch it, put it on our arm, and run for a t- touchdown in our own life. I promise you with this message, God has already prepared people that need you in your sensitivity. And probably as soon as this afternoon. Let's get on board with God, shall we? Let's pray.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to just for a moment thank the Lord for his sensitivity to you. He knows where you are on the journey with him. And he allowed you to hear this message in some way, whether it's on the radio or those that are downloading this off our website or those of you that are even here today, especially those of you who are here today. He's sensitive because he knows that this is going to take you to another level. You're going to have a breakthrough. And he brought these truths to you. And he loves you so much. And now what you can do is say, yes, Lord, thank you for that. And I know I've been too sensitive about what people said or didn't say or did or didn't do because it was all about me and I took it too personally. And Lord, I'm sorry for that. And now, Lord, I want to think about the needs of others. And however they want to treat me, that's okay, Lord, because these people sought to kill you after you were sensitive. At least these people don't want to do that. They may want to take away my job. may want to break up relationships. But that's all right, Lord. As long as I have you and I will always have you, it's okay. So respond to him. Would you talk to him right now? The Lord wants to have this relationship with you, not because he needs it, but because you need it. So enter into that. And for those of you that are here, just simply say, Lord, I want to thank you for dying on the cross and rising again from the dead and, and recognizing that I can't do it myself, so you had to convict me, you had to show it to me in your word, you had to bring the message to me through a messenger. And right now, I am trusting in you. I am fully, completely, and only trusting in you to take me to heaven right now. Thank you for your full forgiveness of sin. I know it's not by my works. It is by faith. You died and rose again. And so, Lord, thank you for that. How many of you today would say, Pastor, I want you to know that I'm receiving the sensitivity of the Lord through the Spirit of God. I'm trusting Christ as my Savior right now. Now, without standing up, walking an aisle, saying anything, no one's looking around. It's so private. It's between you and the Lord and in a moment, just me. Humanly speaking. So without anyone looking around, is there anyone here today that has called upon the Lord and received His sensitivity to you and you are telling Him you're sensitive to His prompting to trust Christ right now? You're not putting it off. You're doing it right now. And Now you'd like for me to pray for you. You're going to slip up your hand. You're going to put it down, not saying a word. When I see that hand, I'm going to respond by saying thank you or God bless you or I see that hand. And then I will pray for you without describing you in my prayer, mentioning your name in my prayer, but I'm going to welcome you into a family of people who are truly sensitive to your needs. All right, is there anyone here today that wants to say, today is the day that this sensitivity thing got started, and I want to thank God for dying on the cross in Christ for me? Would you slip up your hand right now? Is there anyone at all? Today is the day. Put it up, put it out. God bless you in the back. Thank you. All right. Christians, now I'm speaking to, to all of us, and... How many of you did the Spirit of God begin to convict you about the whole need of the character trait of sensitivity? Now, we're not focusing on a person right now. We're just focusing on your need to have that sensitivity to those that are around you. We're not, we're not saying that you are a callous card. We're just saying that you are a person that you recognizes that too much of your life more recently has been about you and not about others. Or it's been about others, but now it's more about you because the other people have hurt you. Instead of you just doing it without, without any thought of getting anything in return except maybe more persecution. And now you're ready to say, you know what, I don't care about what people think about me. I care about what you think about me and you love me. And it's not about me, it's about you. So I'm going to do this, Father, because I want to be as much like Christ as I can be. Pastor, would you pray for me? Because I've had a breakthrough today. The Spirit of God took the Word of God to me, the child of God, for the glory of God. Would you pray for me, Pastor? I'd like to do that. I'd like you to pray for me as your pastor. 
I, I'm pretty good at tasks and visions and ideas and what we need and all that stuff, but I have to work on relationships too. So you pray for me as well. So my hand is up. Will you put your hand up with mine and let's pray together? Is there anyone at all that would like to have prayer today? Who join me? Amen. 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 Our gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for today and I thank you especially for this whole concept of sensitivity. Now, Lord, it's hard to give an entire message and be completely balanced in every little point and every little illustration, every little example. And so, Lord, I'm going to ask you through the Spirit of God now to help our people to sort out when it is proper to be sensitive, when it's not, when you do something, when you don't need to do something, just help them to understand the proper balance. So I'm asking now that with sensitivity, you will also blanket them with discernment. Now, Father, I thank you for those that indicated by an uplifted hand they were trusting you as Savior. I pray that they would now enter into a relationship with another believer for discipling, guys with guys and gals with gals, and help to grow. Pray that they be faithful at church here every Sunday. It's a good opportunity to learn to worship and to learn and to make friends. And all these things that you said would be the reason they should be in church regularly. I pray that, Father, that those of us that are now desiring to be more sensitive, that we even begin to be more sensitive to all the unsaved people that are around us, that we work with, our neighbors in front of us, behind us, next to us, the people in our paddling teams and the people that we go surfing with, the people that we work with, the people that are on our committees, the soccer teams, all the people that are out around us. Help us to be sensitive. These are lost people that we can reach for you, Lord. So help us to do that. We might not be able to heal them. We sure can give them the healer. might not be able to save them, Lord, but we can give them the Savior. And that's what we're going to do, Lord. So help us now. In the name of Jesus, we pray for your glory. Amen. This is Joe Pons, and I want to thank you for listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Clarity Christian College. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It's the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. That's makeitclear.org. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please email us at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. That's tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.